L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again, winning edition of the HHC. We're getting used to saying that. Hornets overcoming adversity and injury to go 4-2 and two on this latest six-game road trip despite several significant injuries. There are other teams in the NBA who are dealing with absences and not doing nearly as well. The Hornets faced one last night, and they got the win, 127-119 to 119 over the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll break down the win. We'll also talk about the foundation of this Hornets team, their development program, and how it is already yielding dividends and what the future might hold with some of the uh, newcomers into the system. Helping me out with this, we've got Rob Longo, producer on the Hornets Radio Network. And Rob, let's get right into it. Hornets, big, big win, eight-point victory over Milwaukee. We'll talk about the Bucks part of this later. Let's talk about the Hornets. All five starters go for at least 18 in this win. JB, James Borrego, took a little bit of a gamble moving Miles Bridges into the starting lineup and keeping him there since the Gordon Hayward injury because even though Miles is clearly a starting caliber player in the NBA and deserving of those minutes, taking him out of the second unit leaves open the possibility that you just don't have that spark off the bench. But quite frankly, the Hornets didn't need it last night because Miles had all the spark the Hornets would want from the starting unit. Steele is executed. Zeller got it. Lob for Bridges and the Sky Bridge is open. Oh, Miles going to give it to you with a right-handed flush. And the Hornets have hit the century mark. 100 to 81. Bridges a season high, 23. Little DMX tribute on, uh, on a sad day in the world of music, but Miles Bridges, a musical expert and a high flyer on the hardwood. He came through with a season-best 26-point performance, led the way for Charlotte. 
he looked like he was a maestro out there. Everything was working for him, doing it at the rim like he always has. And the three ball was really starting to fall for him as well. He finishes the game four of eight from beyond the arc, and then he got to the foul line a couple times attacking the rim. He ended up being perfect from the charity stripe as well. Six for six from the foul line, and you can't really ask much more from him. He ends up being only a plus 13, which obviously is still really good. Not the best on the team, but... Miles Bridges, man, he has been something else the past couple games to watch. He's shooting north of 50% as a starter from three. And, I mean, he's having far and away his best shooting year of his career. And it, it makes sense. I mean, this is the point in your career you would expect Miles to start to make some significant jumps. He's 23 years old, so when he came in as a rookie, he's only 20. Taking on a different role, a lot more three-point emphasis in the pro game than there is in college, and he has steadily made gains. And now to the point where, even though he's not shooting as much because that's not his role on this team when they're at full strength, the percentages are there. And now that the opportunity is open for him to shoot even more, he's showing something. Now, look. The team is committed for a long time to Gordon Hayward, and they should be. Gordon is one of the best players in the world, and he is at the peak of his powers right now. But it's good to know that there's options that exist on a player that's controlled for a long time by the franchise and is just blossoming right here. So big, big day for Miles Bridges leading the way. He was not alone. Another breakout star in the last two games has been Jalen McDaniels. They're up 13 looking for more. Miles Bridges took his hands off the pass, ends up falling harmlessly to Cody Zeller, who gives it up to McDaniels for a double clutch jam, flying to the 10. My goodness, a profound impact by Jalen McDaniels in his insertion to the starting lineup has worked beautifully for head coach James Borrego. I mean, this guy's averaging 20 points a game in his last two contests, and it's not just the scoring, which is a, let's call it what it is, it's a pleasant surprise. We knew he is a gifted offensive player, and given shots and minutes, the points should come. It's the little things that he is doing. The charge he took the other day, the assist that he makes, the scrambles for loose balls, earning extra possessions. These are the things that the points show what he could be in the future. These little things now show what he can contribute in the present when this team is hopefully one day soon again at full strength. And he fills the stat sheet too. He had 19 points, but he also had six rebounds, five assists, a steal, and two blocks. And the biggest portion that I look at is he only turned the ball over once. That is really good for a young player in that position. There's so much that can happen, especially down low in the post. Bodies flying everywhere. There's arms and extremities going which way and that way. So you really have to protect the ball and really be careful with the basketball. And he's been doing a really good job of that. And I really love his three-point shot, too. When he is able to get free in a corner, just the way that he is so fluid and clean with that three-point stroke, there's a lot of times where at the top of his release, i like, that's in. That's got to go in just because it looks so pretty and so perfect. So Jalen McDaniels has been, like you said, a pleasant surprise. But at the same time, we'll get into this a little bit later about the development that the Hornets and the G League and the former D League have been able to provide. But at the success rate that the Hornets have seen from previous development and previous players being developed, it shouldn't really be taken as a surprise. Jalen McDaniels comes through with another big day, 19 points on 7-11 shooting, 2-for-3 from three, and he and Miles Bridges are the new additions to the starting lineup. This is uh, the coaching staff and the team as a whole not sulking over their losses for the guys that they've had hurt, but looking at it as opportunities for guys like Miles Bridges to go from reserve to starter and see those minutes and usage and shots jump, 
and a guy like Jalen McDaniels to go from out of the rotation to into a prominent role and paying off dividends. JB talked after the game about the Hornets working with what they have and making it work on the floor. Well, you know, this group trusts each other. We believe in each other. You know, it's been a next man up mentality. You know, and guys are stepping up right now. That's what we called for. We said next man up. Everybody's got to step up in these moments, and everybody's doing it across the board. You know, but look at the starters tonight. Every one of them participated in this win. It was fantastic. You know, Miles, Jalen, PJ, Terry, Devontae, they got off to a great start. They continue that throughout the game. And really, you know, that's what these moments are about. It's about an opportunity for other people to step up, and everybody's doing that right now. So to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. This, this group is, is taking a step forward. We're not taking a step back. You know, this is not about excuses, and we don't have certain guys. We have more than enough, and we can get this done. I think he's right. I mean, he's proved it the last couple of games with the lineup that JB's thrown out there. And you talk about it a little bit how after the game on our postgame coverage last night that it was a little bit of a gamble to put Miles Bridges in there just because you're pushing kind of all of your chips into the starting lineup and hoping to get the point production out of there and winning those minutes. And then, you know, if the bench is able to provide some points, that's great. But if not, the starting five has to get it done. And we saw it last night, 103 points combined by the starting five. Phenomenal job. And we saw that a little bit last weekend against Boston. We see how Boston and Brad Stevens kind of tinkers their starting five. They try to win those starting five minutes. Whatever works, works. And so far right now, pushing all the chips in the pile and going all in seems to be working for the Hornets. And you have to take into account the competition you're playing against. We'll talk about this more later, but Milwaukee benched all of their starters for injuries. You've got Oklahoma City. They're in rebuilding mode right now. You know, that's not a team that has a whole lot of depth throughout the roster to really compete. So maybe you get away with it a little bit more, not having more of that punch off the bench. If everyone's going to contribute 18-plus in the starting lineup, doesn't matter anymore. I mean, that's just consistent offense everywhere you look. But we'll see when they return home, when they play Atlanta, when they play the Lakers, if they can still manage with this type of rotation or if they'll even have to. I mean, hopefully they get a Malik Monk back at some point during this homestand and that all becomes less of an issue. But that all remains to be seen. And let's not forget about the starters here, Rob, because while Jalen McDaniels and Miles Bridges coming into the starting lineup has been a good thing, the normal starters stepped up last night as well. P.J. Washington, 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists. And for all the people that have been complaining about his shot, how he has been in a slump, and he has been, he shot better percentage-wise from three than Terry Rozier did. So... Let's give the man credit where it's due. He shot the ball well last night against Milwaukee. Devontae Graham, 6 of 12 from 3. He contributes 20 points. And Terry Rozier doing Terry Rozier things once again. Another 20-point performance. Slob for Miles Bridges. Bridges flies to the 10, kick to the corner. Martin shovel pass. Rozier from the wing for 3. It's good. Terry Rozier. He's got 12 in the quarter. And the Hornets are up by 15. So Charlotte, a big, convincing victory here over Milwaukee. The headlines nationwide are not focused on the Hornets. They're focused on Milwaukee. The Bucs sat all five of their normal starters. And look, Milwaukee is a top three team in the Eastern Conference. The Hornets are not. I understand it. But I'm going to tell you why 
it makes it all the more impressive what the Hornets have been able to do next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, during the month of April, the Charlotte Hornets and their official hunger relief partner, Food Lion Feeds, are launching the 2021 Dunk Hunger Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets, another victory, 127 to 119 over the Bucks. They're now 27 and 24. The magic number, Rob, is down to 14. A lot of work still to be done, but the Hornets have to feel good about where they sit. And part of the reason they sit there is because they take advantage of opportunities. Mentioned it last segment. A lot of the headlines nationally after the win were not on Hornets convincingly beat Milwaukee and take the season series. It was the Bucks sat all five of their normal starters. And I understand it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a two-time MVP. Drew Holiday is an all-star. Lopez is an all-star. Chris Middleton is an all-star. These are significant players, and their absence obviously had a lot to do with the Hornets' being able to dominate the game. But a lot of teams go up against squads that are undermanned due to injuries. And a lot of teams end up having these losing streaks that the Hornets just simply have not. Case in point, the Hornets haven't lost a game against a non-play-in position team since January 25th at Orlando. 33 games since the Hornets have lost a game against a team that wasn't currently in a top 10 position. That's incredible. I mean, all these teams are NBA teams. Even the ones at the bottom of the standings still win games, still occasionally beat some of the big dogs, but they haven't beaten the Hornets. And that's the only divisional game that the Hornets have dropped this season. They're 7-1 against divisional opponents for what it's worth. And it was on the road, and they still had Fournier and Vucevic at that time. Yeah, Orlando was still competitive at that point. They didn't trade away half their team at that point. So, And again, it's the NBA. Everybody is good for a reason. Everybody is are on these rosters for a reason because they belong there. And I mentioned it at the beginning of the postgame show yesterday they don't ask you who was on the floor whenever you won the game at the end of the year. They ask you what your record was and if you won or not. And if you look at this in a reverse sense, when you look at the schedule that the Horns have played, oh, well, they played Oklahoma City. Oh, well, they played the Bucks without Giannis and all of these All-Stars. Okay, well, let's flip the script here. If Atlanta comes in and beats the Hornets on Sunday and they say, oh, well, you beat the Hornets without LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward and Malik Monk, everybody is playing on the same surface, for lack of a better term. Everybody is dealing with injuries right now. If you're 100% healthy right now, at this point of the NBA season, you are one of the very fortunate teams in the association. Everybody is banged up. Everybody is dealing with injuries. It doesn't matter. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. So you can try to discredit what the Hornets have been doing here the past couple of weeks, but it doesn't matter because every other team is dealing with it in one way, shape, or form. Hornets' ability to just win the games that on paper you're supposed to win, it's really impressive. It's really the 33 straight games without a loss to a team that's not sitting right now in the top 10 in either conference. It's crazy. I mean, Atlanta, 10 games ago, they lost to Sacramento. Boston in the last month has lost to New Orleans, Sacramento, and Cleveland. The Knicks lost to Minnesota in the last two weeks. And all three of these teams are in contention with the Hornets right now. All three of these teams are a plus 
in the point differential while the Hornets are a minus and yet are trailing Buzz City in the standings. And the reason why is the Hornets don't give up games that, in theory, they're supposed to win. Another reason is things never roll too far downhill on Charlotte. Yeah, they had a three-game losing streak playing Denver, the Clippers, and the Lakers, all of whom were healthy. There's no shame in that. Those are three elite teams. But a lot of other squads have hit really big roadblocks. Miami has two losing streaks of five or more this season. Milwaukee has had a five-game slide this season. So, you know, really good teams have had really bad patches. The Hornets, to this point, have not. It has been a long time since they have had a four-game losing streak. And even when they have a losing trend, they're able to flip the switch and get back in the win column, you know, not let things snowball too far on them. And the proof is in the standings. Hornets still in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. More and more, it's looking like they're going to be competing, not so much for a play-in tournament spot, and more likely for a top six seed, which would be significant. I mean, especially if they can get into four or five, you start really looking at this as an opportunity for the Hornets, not just to get into the dance, but start to make some noise and hang around a little bit later because those top three are certainly elite. But as I say that, the Hornets won the season series against Milwaukee. If the Hornets are able to continue this trend of not falling to teams that are not in a playoff position or have a winning record, with the remaining games left on the schedule for the Hornets, the combined opponent winning percentage is 489 with 21 games left to go. So when you look at the tougher opponents that are left for the Hornets, you got Brooklyn, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and then the Trailblazers. And most of those games are at home. If you look at the easier games, they still got to play Detroit twice. They got one more against Orlando. They got two more against the Cavs, and they got one more against the Wizards. So if you're able to build off this trend where they beat the teams that, in theory, they're supposed to beat, they're going to be in really good shape to, like you said, avoid that playing round and get that four through six window. And that four spot would be huge just to get that home court advantage, get some buzz going back in the hive. Wouldn't that be something? Hornets are going to play 14 of their next 19 at home at Spectrum Center. Schedule's about to turn very much in their favor after a long, long road stretch, but it's been a successful one. Hornets in their last 17 road games, going back to before the All-Star break, when they started that long Western Conference road trip at Utah, those 17 games, they go 9-8 and eight with wins over teams like Phoenix, wins over teams like Indiana, and now a win over Milwaukee. This has been a very successful stretch for the Hornets. Want to remind you that tickets are available for the Hornets' next home game. It's tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks, a Sunday matinee, 1 p.m. for ticket information go to hornets.com coming up next hornets have had their development program pay off some big dividends recently with all of these injuries we'll talk about that next here on the hornets hivecast buzz city it's time to return to the hive there are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at spectrum center because the health and safety of the team staff and guests is the top priority at the hive be there at spectrum center for a sunday matinee april 11th when the hornets host trey young and the atlanta hawks at 1 p.m tickets on sale now at hornets.com sam Far- 
Barber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, a lot of injuries obviously confronting the Hornets, and they've been able to stem the tide because this is a deeper roster than a lot of people have given them credit for. And the reason why is that they have developed from within. With very few examples, maybe one like Brad Wanamaker, a trade bringing him into the system, this is a homegrown pool of players, many of whom were not the lottery picks that several franchises have have chosen to just stockpile and base their whole existence off of hitting and not missing with any of them, which as we've seen over the history of the NBA, it's not the most successful route, okay? Not every GM is the greatest track record of hitting home runs every time. Few have a track record of hitting ground ball base hits every time. Mitch Kupchak has done an exceptional job of loading up this roster with talented players, deserving of an opportunity, and James Borrego and his staff have done a great job of developing the system, something JB touched on after last night's win. Absolutely. I mean, we, we said from day one, Rick, we, we believe the, the lifeblood of our organization is going to be our development program. And we've put resources there, time, effort, energy. It's been our number one focus from day one. And we're seeing the fruits of that right before us right now. And we saw it last year, I think, you know, but that was just, you know, one one year sample. We're seeing it now in year two of this of this reboot. And that's that's who we are, Rick. You know, and I think I'm really proud of our guys, the guys that have stepped up. They've worked behind the scenes. They've worked all summer. And this group and this organization deserves a lot of credit for investing in our development program. Obviously, Mitch and the group trusted me and our staff to do that. You know, it takes everybody. It's not it's not a one man show. It's not one department. It's our medical group. It's our performance group. It's our management group. It's our coaching staff and it's players buying in. All that equals, you know, buying and trust in our program. And right now we're seeing the fruits of those labors. And I think the biggest development that you've seen the past two games has been Jalen McDaniels. He went to the G League bubble this season, got some seasoning. It was only 15 games, but he was able to at least get on the floor and develop some of his skills there rather than just sit at the end of the bench and maybe get in during garbage time at the beginning of the season when everybody was completely healthy for the Hornets. So that's just another step in a long line of people that we've seen developed here in Charlotte from just up the road in Greensboro. And when I was doing our swarm reports that we were doing whenever the G League bubble was in existence earlier in the season, I didn't even know this until I started looking into the teams that not every NBA team has a G League affiliate. Some of them split, some of them share some time, but nobody, not everybody has their own G League team. And I just was shocked by that, that some of these teams don't buy into the G League like the Hornets have. And I think that's one of the advantages that you've seen. And again, it's something that James Brago saw with Greg Popovich when he was in San Antonio and how they built that system up. And look at how many homegrown pieces have come from San Antonio. Yeah, certainly some of them have come via trade with some players wanting to come and go. But for the most part, they are homegrown talent and they are successful year in and year out. Yeah, and it's one thing that that he touched on was his experience with San Antonio. And ultimately, I think this, this represents a new opportunity. And, and eventually every team is going to have a G League affiliate. They're, they're going to fill that out. It's not as established as like minor league baseball or minor league hockey where everything is done in a certain way and, and teams just have farm systems, but that's going to start happening, and it's going to be a new way to approach things for franchises like Charlotte, because the mindset is when you get good, you get old. When you're a Brooklyn, when you're a Lakers team, and you're good, you start to fill out the bench less with developmental prospects and more with established NBA players who are known 
commodities and known quantities who can help you win games when your stars are on the bench for injuries or otherwise and can give you spot minutes in playoff situations if and when needed. For Charlotte, that might not always be, or smaller markets in general, that might not always be an available opportunity or one you want to take advantage of. You might want to invest more of your capital in getting those stars into your franchise and less on filling out the end of the bench. So those second-round picks, those developmental pieces, they become more and more and more important. And the Hornets and San Antonio previously for JB, he's shown an ability to identify those players, develop them, and get them ready. And for that to work, you need to have examples of it working. You need to be able to sell to a second-round pick, wait your turn, be patient, and I will turn you into a Devontae Graham. I will turn you into a Jalen McDaniels. You will be successful on the floor. You will make money in this league by showing what you can do, and you're going to help our franchise in the meantime. And you also need it to work for undrafted free agents. You need people to buy in and commit to playing in that farm system, knowing if they do well enough, they'll make it. I think people think too often that the Martin brothers were a package deal. They were not. You know, I'm sure they wanted to play together. But Caleb Martin was free to sign anywhere he wanted. And I'm sure if the Hornets had no intention on turning him into an NBA player and someone else identified him as one, he would be playing for another franchise. But to the Hornets' credit, he went with his brother, Cody, to the Hornets. He invested time in Greensboro in the G League, proved himself, and now is a consistent, well, he's an on-and-off rotation player, but he's been a fixture on this roster throughout the season, and deservedly so. So I think the Hornets, they are planting the seeds for hopefully a group of players who can contribute to a contender this year and into the future, but also they're laying the groundwork for this to be a consistent thing where it turns talented prospects into NBA players and even if they're not ready to add into the present right now looking at guys like Carey and Richards and Riller and Nate Darling they're in the pipeline they're playing within the system they're learning the plays they're learning the mindset and the philosophies so that as spots open up there's new players ready to step in and take advantage and there is talent up and down the draft and even undrafted free agents like you mentioned we've seen so many success stories in the past couple of years in that sense and Mitch Kupchak has done a great job of that only through the first couple of seasons that he's been here in Charlotte and a lot of me has noticed the last two games especially because of what Jalen McDaniels has been able to accomplish is well, maybe this is the reason why we didn't see any sort of movement at the trade deadline like a lot of people wanted, going after a center. They don't want to sacrifice those prospects and those younger players with all of this potential for just this short-term future. So if the right deal was there, I'm sure Kupchak would have taken it, but the right deal was not there, and now we're able to see the depth that the Hornets have been able to develop because of players like Jalen McDaniels. And again, it's not just all lottery picks. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a mid-first-round pick. There is talent up and down the draft. You just have to go out and find it. And I think Mitch Kupchak has done a great job of that throughout his career, and it's only going to get better. And that's why we don't see these big-time deals or even these small-time deals that are swapping second-round picks for maybe a a, a middle-rotation sort of guy because those late-round picks might be more beneficial down the road. All in all... I'm just thrilled with what Charlotte has been able to do to develop this homegrown talent, and then maybe in the future you're able to go out and get that big free agent. Look, if you don't have to 
spend a first-round draft pick to find the eighth guy on your roster, then you have that in tow to work with later. And I think Charlotte, in this short period of time, ultimately, that Mitch Kupchak has been in charge, they're developing it the right way. They seem to be having the building blocks of a consistent winner. And then ultimately, they're using their development program to their benefit. But you have to be pleased with the returns so far. Ultimately, we'll see the future dividends of the developmental system that the Hornets have in place and hopefully see some immediate returns as well. Charlotte certainly has lately. Jalen McDaniels back-to-back big, big games for the Hornets in the starting lineup, and uh, it keeps them in a tie for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Rob, thanks as always for being a part of the Hornets Hivecast. Why don't we do it tomorrow? Sure, sounds good. Hopefully you're not getting sick of me yet. Uh, Not yet, not yet. We'll keep you chained to the desk here, and uh, we'll have our preview podcast tomorrow for Hornets versus the Hawks. Hope you'll join us for that one, and if you have... An inkling and would like to, come join us in person at Spectrum Center. Tickets are available for information. Go to Hornets.com. Hornets finally, finally back home after a very successful but long six-game road trip. For Rob Longo and everyone here with the Hornets, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us here on the HHC. Till next time, in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.